Camp Good Boy Meal Replacement Podcast. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Episode 61. Yeah. We've got our inventor buddy, Rob Reinhardt, in the house tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Do you prefer... coming. Do you prefer... What are you, like, inventor... Inventor boy, what's the what's the like a good <laughs> inventor time? man? Inventor man, yeah, I've come a long way since inventor boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, um, I would because I saw you at a party a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, let's come on the podcast. Like, we don't have to talk about Soylent because you invented Soylent, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I mean, we could talk about it because inventing a drink that's like a that people drink all over the country and I guess world would be an interesting thing. But I'm like, that's what's interesting that you invented it, like. The ingre- what are we going to talk about for an hour? The fucking ingredients and shit? <laughs> like- I, mean, I never thought of all the things that I was working on, it was going to be that drink. Right. But it worked. Yeah, it worked. So there you have it. Wait, when like, did you... But at the same time, like people might be curious because it's pretty fucking impressive <laughs> to do that. Wait, when did you think of the, think about, think it up? Uh, 2012. January uh, of 2012. Okay. When I first took the plunge. Got it. And you were just like, where were you one day? Were you just like... Uh, so I was living in this basically windowless closet in San Francisco, desperately trying to invent something so I wouldn't have to get a real job. And I was like, well, it's a lot easier if you don't spend money. Right. Um, so I got a little bit of money for, for my startup. I mean, it seemed like a huge amount of money at the time. Then I'm like, wow, you have to like pay people and like get an office and insurance and, and like there's so many costs. And like the and um, I was working on a, on a different device. It was like a hardware radio communications device. And uh, we we were burning money, and I was like, uh, we we I really need to. It's called like the runway in startup world. What? Uh, so you're uh, the um, basically every startup is losing money until they get um, you know launched and scaled and and profitable. And so you take the amount of money that you're so called burning mm. every month, and um, the number of months you have until you run out of money is called your runway. Got it. So I'm like, how can I extend the runway? Well, we can either make more money or we can stop spending money. And I decided to do the latter because that sounded easier. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to stop spending money. And I quickly realized that the only two things I couldn't stop spending money on were food and rent. Oh, yeah, so right. I was like, those are tough ones. Those are tough ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like probably the hardest. But you've kind of like skated around rent. Weren't you living up in a, a, a dumpster up in... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Montecito Heights or yeah, something? Yeah, so I haven't given up on the rent thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're, you're like, your ideas are pretty pretty revolutionary. Actually, you know what? I would even fair a way to just say radical. Um, but so you, your idea was like, now how can we get rid of food? Uh, well, how can, how can I like eat without spending time or money? Right, yeah. yeah. Were you vegan? No. Okay. Um, well, I mean, uh, so as a cost-cutting measure, I, I mean, this wasn't my first food experiment. For a while, I tried living, like, I, of course, tried only on ramen, um, but then I was facing scurvy. <laughs> um, then I tried basically, like, only, you know, the bargain bin at the local Ralph's right. or whatever, but it was, <clears throat> it, was, it was taxing. Then I tried, but, you know, and then I would have to cook, too, so that would take time. So it's like, well, time is money. You know, I, you know, I have these like engineering skills and I'm trying to get the startup off the ground and like really I need to spend all my time uh, inventing things. So I need, can't spend any time cooking. Um, so I was like, what's the, what's the cheapest calorie per dollar prepared food? And then like a beacon from heaven, I found little, little Caesar's pizza. Oh like, yeah. Ooh, Cause how much are those? $5 yeah, right. pe- pepperoni hot and ready pizza. Right, I thought right. I was saved. I thought I found the solution. Well, until you check that until, waistline. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. Until, oh, oh, no. 
a week, I was like, "This what could go wrong? I'm just going to live on pizza." So a week later, I was I was miserable. Yeah. Uh, what about McDonald's dollar menu? That's a good one too. But it starts to fuck with you just because it's not nutritious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, nutrition is a thing." So I'm, yeah. Um, and you know, in, in California, the time everybody's eating kale. Like, oh, kale's going to save the world. So I'm like, "All right, California, I'll I'll just start living on kale." Right. Um, and then a week of that didn't go so well. I was pretty miserable and starving. And so everybody's like trying to like cut calories or lose weight. I'm like, I just need some cheap calories. Yeah. yeah. And nutrition is important. So I, and I couldn't like find anything out there that was like, listen, just drink this and don't worry about it. Right. There was right, right. nothing really out there. Yeah, that's and true. And so I was like, I, I need to uh, make this. I need to create it. I need to invent it. Ah, there you go. It's pretty great. This is a good product. Thanks. I say you did pretty well. Yeah. In uh, fact, I actually, I discovered uh, Soylent sort of having a similar, I guess, concerns. I was just like, I can't spend an hour making this breakfast every morning yeah, like right, before yeah. we work. It's I'm annoying. Like, this sucks. Like I want to get, I want us to start working, blah, blah, blah. And then I think I just like Googled blah, blah, blah. And I found it. I was like, I'll just live on Soylent. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, yeah. And it, and it, and I was like, wow, you could do this. But then I was also like, well, what happens if you put like, I can also mix this with some strawberry, frozen strawberries. Yeah, and, why like, not? Make it as a base. I was using it as a base for smoothies. And, through Soylent, I ended up discovering basically eating my food for the day out of a blender, basically until mm. dinner. That's the and it, it, it like evolved yeah. from there. And I still use Soylent as a um, as a base. Or like if I'm on like on the road and I just like grab gas, and I don't feel like eating Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's I mean, I see it in Seven Eleven. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, uh, twenty five thousand retail locations. We're uh. in the UK now. Uh, the CEO's in Japan right now, looking at, at expansion there. Uh, it's a great market if if you break through. Um, but I think it's, what's important to point out was I didn't see that as the invention. I didn't see that as the product at the time. Uh-huh. I thought my big idea was uh, moving. Well, at first I thought my big idea was um, these called software-defined radio networks. I was going to try to like redo all of telecom basically and and have like a decentralized mesh network um, for the whole world. Um, but the uh, basically nobody would give me spectrum. So the, the, the electromagnetic spectrum is basically sectioned off like real estate by the FCC yeah. and it's controlled by all the big telecom companies. And I thought that I was going <clears> to <throat> disrupt that. And, um, they basically told me not to. It's worth a try though. Yeah. It was worth Gotta a shot. Shoot it shot. Was worth a shot. <laughs> I mean, it, I built some really cool hardware. Um, but then at the time I realized like also hard. So I studied electrical engineering because I thought it was really interesting. And then, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I was like, wow, if you make a really good piece of hardware, like people buy it once, and they don't come back, and like you've got a happy customer and not much of a business. Mm-hmm. So, and so I was like, I, I need a product that people buy over and over. I need a consumable. Um, and I, I started working on this like online subscription uh, computer, and so now there's a few companies doing this, but and this is 2011, and then I, I was really into, uh, it's called virtualization, this idea that you can have like multiple like simulated uh, computers on one set of hardware. So this is a technology that like really enabled the web uh, uh-huh. because all these different websites and all these different uh, developers needed, you know, servers of big and small or they, they could flex and it wasn't cost effective to have like one, um, you know, like server on one like hardware yeah, server. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so these really smart people invented this way for um, one to like virtualize like all these different uh 
computer hardware, like the, the memory, um, the CPU, um, the hard disk, um, all these had really good virtualization components. The one thing that was missing was this thing called the GPU, like the graphics processor. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And then I thought, well, that maybe that's the one thing holding back like our total ascent to the cloud. I was totally drinking the Silicon Valley Kool-Aid at the time. Um, before that, I thought the Internet of Things was going to be a huge thing. So my network was going to be for like the Internet of Things because mm -hmm. everybody knew the Internet of Things would be huge, and that never really happened. So I was like basically staying up all night, like kind of like reverse engineering like these GPU drivers and um, uh, instruction sets, and like just didn't want to stop for food. And so I would just like go into the kitchen and like down this drink and then right. I'm good for the next like eight hours. So it, was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It's amazing. That's yeah. how the best ideas come. I feel like it's the one, like you can spend so much time like thinking of an idea, but then when you just kind of stop thinking about it and you're like, okay, like I, I need to eat. Yeah. That's where the solution comes like from. Crack. Can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crack. It comes from like, stop thinking about it and like, yeah. Oh, there's a real problem right here in front of me about like, how can I get a quicker intake and, of calories and food and everything? And, and yeah, it wasn't long until I was like, wow, like every like this drink is like way better product to my life than these like uh, radios or uh, software that I was building. And then yeah. I thought, you know, but I think what a lot of people are missing are, is to see like food and, and also biology is like a form of technology. Like we should really focus on, the, on that. And like people do, but they kind of, they're kind of like ashamed of it. They kind of like hide it, you know. There's all this branding in the grocery stores that like tries to convince you that you know, your lettuce is coming from some, like, mom-and-pop, like, American gothic farmer, right. and yeah. really it's, like, picked by robots. And, like, yeah, I, right. think the, I think that robots are cool, and I think that, like, cheap, abundant food is, is a good thing, mm. and a lot of people seem to, like, want technology out of food, and I, I thought, let's, let's, let's do it. Why not? Yeah, no, we were what? talking about this the other day. Mom and pop, they're they're mom and pop are done. It's done. They never wanted to be farmers, anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, unless, yeah, unless your pop is Je unless your pop is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, his, they really his, are just just they're, they're done. I, they're out. They're but done. you know, it's I, I know there, that people have a lot of criticism with Amazon, like as far as all the waste and everything. But like, I'm sorry. Once I can just go on my phone and like, if I'm out of toothpaste, I just order up eight more yeah. on the thing, and it's like it's hard my, to beat that. It's so hard, so hard. Like I. I don't have to walk, you know, to two blocks to CVS anymore because that was really torture. <laughs> <laughs> but but at compared the same time, to getting compared, it brought to you, yeah. it is torture. No, totally. Not. And you can get that and so like mom and pop st stores didn't have like the replacement filters for the thing where I ride my motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To keep uh, same with you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the thing. So what's the longest you ever went dr drinking just Soylent? Uh, so I did 30 days, nothing but Soylent. Nothing like, but Soylent. Exclusively Soylent. How'd you feel? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I felt incredible. Um, <clears throat> and did then, you lose weight? So I, yeah, I lost, I went like down and then up. That was kind of the cool part too. I was like, oh, I'm losing weight too fast. And so I kind of like tweaked the formula mm -hmm. and then I started gaining weight back. Okay. And, and some days I'll be like, wow, I want to run, you know, a mile or two farther today. And so I just like tweak the formula and, and have the energy for that. But if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to. Right, right. It was really cool to have that kind of like feedback loop with, with your own body. Right, yeah, yeah. cuz you, you you can and then where were you getting like the initial ingredients? Like were you just like, okay, so I'm just going to use some pea protein and like mix it with milk or how did you how do you make a meal supplement like in <laughs> well, your all the, kitchen? All the retail stuff is too expensive. Right. Right? So I I went upstream and um I started uh finding it, the like the grain processors like right. ADM and 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 GPC and then um I even found I could cut costs more by buying food from from like China and on Alibaba. China, uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> they should I just change it. the spelling to China. Put a J on. Yeah. 
but it's, it was kind of obnoxious because the the minimum orders were um and you know right, big, so I'm, right? I'm emailing them pretending to be this big corporation yeah. just like hi we need you know another lot in <clears> of uh this skew um can you please ship to this ups box and the only the ups box from in san francisco was was like half a mile away like downhill so i had to like go and then lug these like uh, 50 pound bags of ingredients like half a mile uphill back up there in san francisco that's not it, fun it was awful it's <laughs> <laughs> it like grocery shopping Damn. right right but did you and you did you just start it with a blender yeah yeah just like a basic blender and then it did it turned into like more scientific like beakers and stuff it got definitely more precise. I mean, for a while, I had, I had <laughs> yeah, these right. I would imagine like, it, yeah. I was like, don't mix up, like, the amount of potassium and the amount of iron or I will die. Right. So, Is that, that's true? Uh, I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. Where do you get iron from? Like, where? Uh, so, I use a source called iron, iron collate. I mean, yeah. well, iron, it's just like regular iron. You know, that was kind of weird. <laughs> that's a good yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not like that, spe- like, your body no, you're, uses you're metallic, metallic iron. Right. And so then what, were you just like up there, and just like melting one iron thing, into the? One fascinating <laughs> thing was that the, a, a lot of the ingredients that I was eating did, like did not have biological origin. Right. Like the, the calcium, I got calcium is a mineral. Right. So it's right. iron. Yeah. Potassium. These are metals. I'm like, I'm drinking metal. No, yeah, it's it's weird. That is weird. And then what's riboflavin? What is <laughs> riboflavin? What is? Well, how do you pronounce it? I see it on fucking everything. That that's a vitamin. So most okay. most of the vitamins do have uh, biological origins, but not all of them. Like vitamin A. At the time, there's this big thing like, oh, synthetic vitamins or or uh, natural vitamins. You know what? What's the difference? I, chemically, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you make the same molecule from uh, I mean, a lot of these vitamins are hydrocarbons. They're they're made from oil. Yeah, okay. They're made from like crude petroleum. It ends up to be this vitamin that is essential to the body, and a lot of people just would not like refuse to believe that it's the same chemical that comes from a carrot, but it's the same. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I I like the taste of soy, and it's kind of like this nondescript sort of I like not quite vanilla, but just I I actually prefer the non-flavored one to oh, yeah. anything that has too. the flavor, and it's like. I don't know. It has its own kind of flavor. Mm. When, at first, what was it tasting like? Was it just gnarly or was it just kind of like... Uh, at first, it was actually a lot more sweet because I had more like shorter chain carbs than longer chain carbs. Right. Um, and But yeah, the point, I, I did want it to be to, to make it bland. Yeah. No, and I like it. Does, really yeah. does it have to be chilled or does it go, will it go bad if it's not refrigerated? Uh, no, it doesn't have to be chilled. Really? So I would so. imagine like for like people that have like earthquake packs... Like mm-hmm. earthquake, like safety packs. They probably yeah, have a, like Soylent's perfect for that. Yeah, powder's really, yeah, right. really the move there. Um, but I, I always wanted to get to a drink because um, it's just easier mm. uh, and, and more consistent. And I mean, the amount of technology that goes into processing this is is amazing. I mean, like the plant that makes this would put Willy Wonka to shame. It's oh, insane. Right. It's the, just so, like, the Soylent factory? <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> That'd be if you get a ticket. Wait, right? wait, <laughs> you, you guys actually finance the, the production of a movie. That's like, yeah, it's like... Uh, J- Johnny uh, he, Franklin and the Soylent Factory. He finds, he finds the iron ticket. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like seven kids, and you kill all of them, like in the movie. Yeah. And, and, the and, and they're not Oompa Loompas. They're they're like actually like from disenfranchised <laughs> countries, like really poor working conditions. <laughs> like, 
it's it's so highly automated. You, you, you don't right. really see many people. Many, any giant people, you're just like and like shiny stainless steel pipes and steam uh, shooting out every which way. I'm just like, picturing Chernobyl because I just <laughs> yeah, watched right. it. Yeah, right. But like everything has to be super, super, super clean. Right. That, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And which, which was amazing. The food quality was this amazing thing to to learn about how just um, you know this, you, there's just no room for air. Um, and so for the type of processing that, uh, that Soylent uses, it's called aseptic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's multiple levels. At the bottom, you have, like, pasteurization. So, like, milk gets pasteurized, and it's going to go bad in, like, a week. Mm-hmm. That's lame. Um, and then there's ESL, extended shelf life. That'll get you a, a few months. But I always knew that people were going to want to buy it on Amazon. Nobody wants to walk the two blocks to CVS. And so I was like, I need to be able to ship it online so it, doesn't, it needs to not require refrigeration. And that means like you need like phd level like food processing to like get to this level of, of it not need to be refrigerated um it's 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 really difficult like everything the bottle needs to be sterilized the mm. cap needs yeah, to right. be sterilized there's like unique there's there's these these machine that does nothing but sterilize the cap right there's right like these whole conferences where people will talk about better ways to sterilize plastic bottles uh, yeah because you think about that this thing's made in a factory and that thing's getting sealed on there how do i not know there's bacteria up on that cap yeah that, exactly of everything there you never drink. is like yeah, millions right, yeah, and millions right. of bottles and it, it's it never happens right. it's incredible um and it's so it everything happens like behind this like a, a, acrylic sealed <clears throat> like doubles um paint uh barrier and you ever seen one of those things in, in like alien where like you, you put your hand in the gloves and you can make oh, yeah. things inside the chamber it's, yeah. it's like that oh, really? because you just cannot compromise the sterility of this chamber yeah and these massive fill heads are like going so fast that it's a blur you, can, you can't even see them mm-hmm. it's fascinating and do they like because then you have the mr inspector guy coming around to make sure everything's clean how often oh, yeah. yeah and he what's that guy like uh i mean the, he, he's buddies with the factory owner. Oh, okay. At, at this point, right? But they uh, I, most of it's documentation. Sometimes they don't even like look at the floor that it's much. Like, all right, you got there. there, there, there. <laughs> well, all, the, all these places have like entire <laughs> okay, entire walls full of binders. Uh-huh. Like everything has to be super exhaustively documented. A lot of getting mm. these places approved is just the paperwork. It's, right. it's just the documentation. And I'm trying to imagine the sound of the Soylent factory. Can you make <laughs> it with your mouth? It's, it's it's really like this high pitched whirring, like with with like <laughs> <laughs> with like steam maybe getting ejected. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It sounds like a cappuccino machine. <laughs> and then they come out on the little roller thing and like factories are awesome. Yeah, I always are. love and see like it's seeing like awesome. whether it's like making chocolate or making anything. It's like impressive. It's just like this is awesome. Yeah, and even like in, even in Laverne like, and Shirley when those bottles are coming around, <laughs> right. it's like that looks cool. Yeah, just like how good it tastes off like fresh. Oh yeah, I'm right sure. Oh, a Soylent fresh the off line, the right line. off the line. It's it's, just, it's a whole different product. It's right. unbelievable. I always wanted to be able to bring that like fresh off the line experience. Well, that's what people say about Guinness in, in, in Ireland. Yeah. Well, that should be an experience. Like people have to go up to the Soylent factory and it's still in San Francisco. Oh, I tried. Trust me. I tried. And it's like on tap. You try to have like, like, have like a tour. Yeah, but pe- the owner's like, you can't have your customers grubby little fingers in our food facility. You right. Know, like it was a miracle that they even let us let us go in. Yeah. But they do that at the Guinness factory. Yeah, but I, it's a different, I guess. I, get, yeah, I don't know. But so then it then it's dirtier, right? It goes in and then it gets sealed up and then it goes through a machine where like the, the labels are put on. Like yeah, really yeah, cool. So, yeah, so right. they put on the sleeves and they put it into boxes right. and those get palletized. It's all automated. It's really cool. Yeah, like mm-hmm. anytime I see behind the scenes footage of a factory, I'm always just like really intrigued. You want to like, just give well, it all up and there's, go, there's go definitely yeah. different, <laughs> work at a factory. There's definitely yeah. different levels. I mean, we got like the Cadillac of, of factories. There's I mean for it because aseptic is like space age. Like there's just no room for error. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it is steam. So there's just these cool chambers where the product basically gets like atomized and like fills up this chamber in this in, because you have to hit like all the surface area of everything and you hit it with steam and then you hold it at a very precise temperature like can't be a couple degrees too low can't be a couple degrees too high or, or to like you know kill the vitamins or something mm -hmm. and and the flavor and then it gets condensed back into the liquid like the steam that you use to kill everything ends up being the water that's in the product Hmm. It's really cool. Got it. And then what was the, what's the, like when the first one where you, you, you had like a sample with, like in a mason jar and then you go give it to, who do you give it to? Uh, a, a, so they, they have their own teams. We'll, we'll, you just you like kind of collaborate beverage? with them. Well, the hard part is like what you make on, in, in like the lab with on right. the bench is for whatever, there's always difficulties in getting like the final scaled product to, to taste just like that. Yeah. So like you have like your team of formulators and then there's the, the people that work at the factory and you, you basically collaborate and, and get things right. And well, it's probably like testing, like they test a movie. And it's like, the, does it send it to like the public and they're like, oh, this is okay. Or, oh, this one's really good. Or Yeah. And, and they have also these like process simulators, which are these like, like scaled down factories mm -hmm. that you know, kind of use like the same technology, but on a, on a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. So we, we use those a lot. Got yeah. it. It's all very, very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta say. And then you came down to LA. Yeah. And then, cause you've been working on these, uh, like shipping container, turning shipping containers into homes, sustainable homes for the, uh, homeless. Yeah, that, that's kind of been a side project too. Again, yeah. like at first. I love I, that that's a side project. <laughs> like my, my side project is like drawing. <laughs> or a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, You're like saving the homeless people. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. But did that come in a similar way that you came up with the idea for Soylent? Like you were just like, get these fuckers off the street. We get, can we just put them in shipping containers and just ship them out of here? It was for me too. I was like, uh, <clears throat> Like how much does a home cost? Like, are you yeah. kidding me? I'm not going to pay that much. Right. Like, and and rent is totally such a scam. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm just I'm going to buy the cheapest piece of land I can find and find and like build a, a really efficient, sturdy home and put it there. Yeah. And live there, and then I'm not going to have to worry about rent or mortgage or anything. Wait, is that where you live now? <clears throat> no. You have an apartment. I got an apartment. Okay. No, but the, you had you were living in a shipping container up, so in, <laughs> up in uh, Lincoln Heights, was it? <laughs> Yeah, so so people came down on me pretty hard. Yeah, about you this. can Google I, this, by the way. Like this is not this isn't like private information. Like this is this is freaking crazy, right? Your neighbors weren't stoked. A lot of them loved it. Right, oh, really? it, was, it was it was super cool. Yeah, uh, and then, so you had a shipping container, and there were no windows. No, there were windows. Oh, there were actually oh, okay. tons of windows. Oh, really? I love light. Ever since living in that like windowless room, I was like, I need some natural light. And so I, I kind of modeled it after like a, a rail car, like a train car. Well, for a while, I thought about getting like an old used like, like caboose surfliner. Yeah. Did you before the July party up there one time? Yeah, that pig was the first pig roast. I was there. Okay, got it. I yeah. Thought, yeah. I was like, I, I think that's I think where I've been there at. before. I think yeah, you're right. <clears throat> And, that just uh, came and back I know me. I saw in the picture online because I, I just looked it up before I came over here. You had some of your street artist friends do the decorating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for free. Yeah, because <laughs> for some no, reason like, when I this is back when <clears throat> when I forgot that I had been there, I was picturing like living in like when in Honey I Shrunk the Kids when they're all living in that Lego. Yeah. <laughs> they're all like in there. I was like, I feel like it's right. like that, but it wasn't like that. But it's like those movies like where the new neighbor <laughs> well, like moves <laughs> yeah. in, but it's such a funny version of that because yeah, I'm sure some people are like cool like. And oh, that, for sure. that 
feels like on brand for that like progressive LA, like somebody living in a shipping container on the yeah. side of a hill in like a newly kind of gentrified area. But then there's that one neighbor, like the next door neighbors in Christmas vacation that are just like, <laughs> yeah, that actually happened. There was yeah. one guy who was like calling the city nonstop. Oh man. And it was just like irate. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, and you would he, think it would work in that neighborhood versus like doing it in Brentwood or something or like right. Santa Monica where it might not There's fly. That, there, there is a house on that hilltop that's made of old uh, piano shipping crates. Oh, interesting. Wow. It's like pre-shipping container. I mean, LA has always been such a logistical hub. Mm-hmm. Um, the one enterprising individual before all these building codes, he basically got these, and you wouldn't even tell. Like right. you look at the house, it looks like, a, looks like a normal house, but it actually built it out of these old uh, piano crates. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. So then when the first time the city came up there, were they just like, what do we have going on what? here? What? Down there. Uh, something new. I've never seen this one before. He's just like drinking a soylent. He's like, <laughs> look at this, Bill. So what, yeah, so what they found was a lot, of, a lot of kids were hanging out there. So there's this high school down the street, and there's not really a park in the area. Um, oh, yeah. If I was a kid, oh, I'd yeah, be like, it's like, there's a shipping We're going up to the there. shipping let's container. Go, yeah. Yeah. It there. was the spot. People yeah. were, were hanging out there, and I was like, oh, so I, I'm going to be nice to them. So I left them these like camping chairs, and I left them a big stack of science fiction books, and I left them a few cases of Soylent, and then um, they used them all. And yeah, See, when I would go back there, they'd this be like, is hey, a problem. Because right. this is this a great is thing. I also like cleaned, there was lots of trash on the hilltop. I like cleaned all that up. Um, but but fundamentally, they were like, um, this is an unpermitted structure, right. and I, I don't, I've never built a house, so I, was, so I was like, well, this is my land, I figure. I legally bought the land, so what I did was I <clears throat> uh, went to the assessor's office. I was uh, learning about GIS at the time, which is really cool. What is that? Uh, uh, geographic information system, so all, basically all modern, pseudo-modern governments put, well, a big part of what the government does, especially on the county level, is, is like sp- split up the land into parcels and assess property taxes. Mm-hmm. And so they have these databases and there's this way in a computer to represent the shape of these parcels called shape files. And so you can you can look at like a globe and then there's this software like ArcGIS where you can plot all the parcels um, over the entire county. And then they also have like assessed value and owner information. They were in different databases, but I, I was able to put them together. Also, they wanted me to pay like thousands of dollars for the data, but I kind of like convinced the guy behind the counter to just give me the CDs and he was so sketchy about it. He like <laughs> put it under the sheet of paper and so the camera wouldn't see it and slid me the CDs. Oh. Like, Thanks, that old trick. At the county. Like you yeah. never know with government people. Yeah, right. just like, now did they catch him or? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, just, just ask. We thought the project was interesting. Mm. Um, so I got, all the, I got all the data. It was on like four CDs and so it was like this big like messy database, access database that I like, cleaned up and put into Postgres. And Postgres has this really good GIS extensions. Anyways, um, and so I found all the, uh, I plotted all the shape files and like, looked at all the parcels in LA and like all of them had like their assessed values. And so I was like running all these fun queries, like what's the most expensive property in all of Los Angeles? Or like, what's the biggest? What's the, the smallest? And like learning <clears throat> all this stuff about LA. Um, and then, like, who who owns the most land, and and you know, like, who what's owned by the state versus the county versus the city, and like all these all these like local government dynamics. And anyways, I um, around that time I I heard that there was like this land auction. Um, so if you don't pay your property taxes for three years, uh, the county will uh, take the land and auction it off. Got and it. So I was lucky around the time there was this auction, and so they had they'd use the same key basically called it called an AIN and assessor's identification number, and so I was able to get the whole roll of what was going up for auction, and then correspond that with the map that I had built all over LA, and basically single out all the parcels that were for sale, 
<clears throat> and the starting bid on a lot of them was was like a thousand dollars. And I was like, I can be a landowner in LA for a thousand bucks. Like I'm I'm gonna go for it. What's that land auction like? Is it like it's actually on, a group of people the, that go to the land? It's I, not like I, at Christie's, is, is it? <laughs> <laughs> or is that like an online it's thing? Super yeah. ghetto. The, the website is called like bid numeral four assets.com. Like, oh, wow. Wow. So sketchy. When you have a yeah. number, like a number in your website. <laughs> yeah, I was it's... like, really kind of like Los Angeles, like you're using like bid four assets.com. Well, it's like cars like, for okay. kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like an awful song. <laughs> um, but that's the, that's the official way that they, that they do it. Um, so yeah, you can get a piece of land for a grand. Well, that starting bit. Started and, bit. And like, I went around and visited a lot of these parcels and a lot of them, where like either th- it was like a sixty degree slope, or right. like, there was no road going to it, or mm-hmm. there were no services going to it, and you know like there's a reason that they're they're going up for for auction. But uh, I was like, I'm trying to build an off grid home, like right, perfect. <laughs> so yeah. I've, I've uh, one of the parcels was was at this like really really beautiful hilltop called Flat Top Hill, and I didn't know at the time, but Flat Top Hill has this long history, um, and like there's there's a, n- a numerous reasons why it hasn't been developed. Yet, you know, like it was, it was owned by this, uh, by the Church of the Four Square Life. This like big. Um, wow, what is that? There was like during the heyday of like, uh, no, even before televangelists, like radio evangelists, was oh, yeah. this big thing. And there's and there's this woman that was like this really famous evangelist on the radio in L.A. And she started this thing called the Church of the Four Square Life. To this day, they own a lot of land in in L.A. Like by Echo Park. Have you seen that like big church by Echo Park and they own that's the Citibank building by uh, Bright Spot and but they they're basically like Scientology of the day like the one one cool thing going through this uh, database of land was how much land like a lot of these churches own. It's it's, it's well, amazing. it's another it's another fun way to just learn how insane Los Angeles right. is and how <laughs> yeah, much no. shit is here. It, no, there's so many re- things religion, here. Religion, all kinds of religion, from the occult to cults to New Age to Scientology to traditional religions, like control so much of the city. They and and land. They're smart. They buy land. Yeah. Do you know uh, the the largest owner of agriculture land in the entire nation is uh is the mormon church really and they do because they don't have to pay tax right 2.8 million acres well that's federal right i I, property taxes i think vary by jurisdiction right because if you if you have a religion you you get all kinds of tax rebates or something right so could also just come up with the cash for 2.8 million acres. I mean, the uh, so like Stuart Resnick, he owns the wonderful company. He's like the largest farmer in uh, California. You know, pistachios, pomegranates, all that. Uh, I think he has like maybe 500,000 acres, mm-hmm. and half of those sit empty because he doesn't have water rights. Okay. Meanwhile, Mormon Church, 2.8 million acres. That's crazy. So, so anyways, in LA, Church of Four Square Life like owns own all this land, and um, they kind of go under and they start like. Um, selling off a lot of these assets and one of it was one of them was this hilltop but by the and then i think it was like not very safe it was kind of like contested gang territory for a long time have you ever seen the movie blood in blood out uh i don't think so it's awesome like la kind of the gangster movie and there's a lot of scenes like on this hilltop oh i'm gonna watch it it's so good um but uh by the time and like by the time it started to get safe again um all these building codes started cropping up and the building code today is like 2,000 pages for the city of, of L.A. And it's just... And you've got to read that whole thing. You, uh, I'm, 
and a lot of stuff is just like still not clear. Oh God, you and can't just swipe through and click. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta read, you actually have to read you this whole. You just get sent it over the DocuSign. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Well, well, this is my first time. I'm I'm kind of having fun with it. I'm I'm reading it. I'm like I'm learning so much. Yeah, sure. This is really cool. Like you know, this rule makes sense, and like this has been tacked on, and like this is what's going up to the council, you know, next year, and like this is what developers are pushing for. It's kind of interesting, but like neighborhoods are, are really different too. LA is actually kind of unique in that um, local neighborhoods have like a lot of independence and they have a lot of power. <clears throat> um, New York is kind of the opposite. Like New York is, is pretty much like top down, but there was the decision a few decades ago in LA for these like local uh, jurisdictions to have a lot of power and they can they put a lot of, um, they can do a lot with the building codes, even though there is a sitting building code and there's like a state building code and there's like an international building code and th there's lots of codes. Mm -hmm. um, and basically my, they made clear that my container violated lots of them. It's so crazy now, was, to me because it, it's the, like you're not building anything. You just yeah, really. put something well, there that's square. I thought of that. So there is a section of the building code where you can have a temporary structure. Right. Uh, okay. You can have what's called a temporary structure for six months. And you did that? I'm well, sure. I tried, tried that argument. Okay. And well, they, well, when he was, so it's a 40, it's a high cube container. So it's eight feet wide, 40 feet long, um, and nine and a half feet high. And so I cut out lots of big windows, and I had this big garage door, and I, I had like a, a, a private bedroom with a sliding door in the back. It was pretty minimal, but mm. it was pretty bare. And then like I had like some camping chairs outside, and um, I didn't know what to do for a bathroom, so I got a porta potty, and like had a guy <laughs> service that. And it was actually like, it was not, a, it was like eighty dollars a month or something, and they would clean it every week. And mm. I was like, that's more often than I clean my own bathroom. In my <laughs> apartment. Right, yeah, like, really. the service right. is incredible. Um, but what kind of fly is there? A fly, what kind of fly situation would you have to deal with? It keeps me pretty clean. You know, when you want to go to the bathroom and like relax, and you want to take out the two thousand page building permit to go <laughs> read on the toilet, like, and it's just like you're you're you know. But so okay, so you had the porta potty, and then did you have hauled water for shower? Or? I didn't shower. You didn't shower. No. So there you go. How would you 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 wouldn't shower for weeks on end or? Maybe like a week. I mean, I, so I still had the apartment. The whole time I was thinking, like, when when is it secure enough for me to cut off the apartment lease? Yeah. Um, well, so anyways, I was in I was in on the whole project maybe about maybe about twenty k. So I was able to save up that. So I mean, I'm I'm CEO of Southern at this time, but yeah. like I I still didn't have a lot of cash. You know, like paid off trying to pay my student loans and credit right. cards and all that. And like startup founders, they really don't. <laughs> They don't get rich off of salaries, yeah, right? right? So, cause, you know, again, everything's trying to get back in the, into the company. So I, I didn't have that much cash, but I did. It hit like right around the time I got my Christmas bonus from the from my own company, which gave me enough cash to like put like the day off to put the down payment on this land. So I went to auction. There's this one guy bidding against me. It was just the two of us. If not for him, who, who is he? I don't know. Yeah. If not, I think he does. I'm own. picturing like someone, one of the like shady characters from Chinatown. Like, it's very because <laughs> like once you get to that weird underbelly of LA, it gets True. so it sketchy, gets right? Was he American or was he? From I, I never met him. I mean, it was just it's on bidforassets.com. Oh, you get yeah, to see right, his right. username, and that's it's it. It's just like. Okay, Mr. Ryan. What was, his, well, what was his username? I don't even remember. He's got one of those spectacles <laughs> things. Like I'm picturing that guy in Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like he's got, he, he's got a limp. Okay, yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, it's so. This city is so sketchy. Oh, it's the weirdest. Yeah, which is it really is odd. But I'm wondering, was that app next door going when you were living up there? Because I can oh, imagine I the complaints. <laughs> oh, really? Because the complaints of next door must have been like, there's a shipping container and there's like a guy that keeps going up there. I don't I know what. No, that and that, there's soylent bottles everywhere. <laughs> that next door comment thread, I needs to be a book. It was. It's oh, the greatest. I can't even imagine. Yeah, 
yeah. that's a good idea. So, well, well, first, I mean, I try to do my diligence. I, I go to the building department and be like, hey, I'm, I've never built a home before. Um, I want to build something here. And they're like, well, email this person. So I emailed that person and they never responded. Mm. So I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. And then I, I talked to this guy who's, who's who I have a lot of respect for. And he's like a big time developer in LA. has like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of, of residential projects. And I, I tell him and I'm, I'm like, it's really hard to like navigate the city, you know, and building codes and everything. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And I was mm. like, well, what, what do you think I should do? And he was like, you should just do it. Nice. He's like, that's from the mouth of a, developer i think that's what a lot of people do they, yeah i, guess I think so. they just kind of do things and like pay the fine maybe right um, right right especially in, a, in a, like a situation like this and so i was like all right i'm gonna listen to the experienced developer and i'm gonna do it um and i post it on next door and i'm like hey guys my name's rob i'm like putting this off-grid tiny home on the hilltop i own the land um come meet me hang right. out talk about the project and people went crazy. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm sure. They came and talked about the project. Yeah. Well, they wanted, hey, Rob, they, how you doing? I'm John. Let's talk about this fucking project. <laughs> you know where this would really work yeah. is in Bisbee, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you were trying to do. Yeah. This, this, this yeah, so, yeah. Well, there's a lot of off-gridding, but it's a historic district, so uh, there's... Yeah. But a, didn't one of your friends make a house out of bottles? Yeah, but, uh, way out in the, in the <laughs> desert. Oh, yeah, if you right. In the historic neighborhood, it's going to be... It'll be it'll tough. It'll be tough, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I anything. learned. I learned a lot, including L.A. City of L.A. is one of the most difficult places to build anything. Um, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, so I, I drop. I mean, I, I drop it in like half an hour. I mean, it's a container, so I put it on a on a flatbed truck, and then I pay a guy like 200 bucks to haul it out there, and he's got a tilt bit trailer, and he drops it off, and I'm like. Boom, here's, here's my, my home. And by the way, what's so it's peculiar great. to me That's is cool. like most of the houses that I see being built in Venice and actually everywhere, and in fact, like the condos across the street, like it all looks shipping container inspired. Well, yeah, it's now all very it's all strange. about like modular housing yeah. and, and prefab. I mean, it's it's obvious when you think about it, why would I basically build a whole factory on the lot and like have these workers in this like dangerous, you, you know, like on-site situation? I, I would be able to make a much better product in a factory. Right. Um, and I mean, that's the way construction has been going for a long time. And I think it's going to continue going. I, I think just maybe doing the whole thing as one literal shipping container, it was, it was a bit radical. Yeah. Like there's like a city. style shipping container style homes. There's whole, there's magazines, there's books, like a lot yeah, of people are really, like, really into it. Yeah. Doesn't that look nice? Yeah. That looks awesome. Yeah. And the, the, but it, I feel like the thing is that not so much like the, aesthetic there there must have been just like a psychological thing it's like there's a shipping container there and people are associating a shipping container with like a dumpster it's like something there's a bizarre element to them that's menacing to the neighborhood well, I, yeah, of course. I know a guy that lived in a dumpster for a year right uh, mit professor right Je- uh, jeff uh he he then he started a bond in the housing company called casita um but he, he lived in a dumpster for a year where in uh in boston really yeah how did he have that like Decorated. Design. It was nice. Like, wow. It was, oh my it, god. He had like all these like rugs and um, like made really efficient use of the space. Uh, Some tells me he's an he's an incredible teacher. He's a, he's definitely an interesting. Well, it's, <laughs> M- sure. it's MIT. I mean, you got to yeah, have right. somewhat of a brain. Yeah, in your head yeah. to get that gig, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> like y'all hiring for teaching <laughs> positions there. But uh, so that and then for like what was like a night sleep like up there? It was all it was super quiet. It yeah, had a beautiful view of the mm-hmm. skyline. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I started like kind of living like the farm life. I was in kind of like a night owl, probably because like the internet is so addictive. But mm-hmm. I, it was kind of nice to kind of like go to bed with the sun and get up with the sun, and um, it was it was really nice. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Also, I didn't. Yeah, my, I, for, I realized I didn't insulate it quite enough, so it was, it was a little hot. Oh, oh right. yeah, Ooh, and you're, you're just right out. In the, there's like no. But trees that's why you it. know people didn't have air conditioning for most of human history. That's why people have porches. Like where I'm from, Georgia, like porches are everywhere. Like you can't have a house without a porch, which is yeah. Um, it's such a great part of socializing too. Like I love being on the porch and like seeing someone on the street and like you know waving hi to your neighbor, just like being outside. Especially in LA, I think there should there should be more porches. Yeah, right. well, that's definitely a southern thing. There's a, the porches in the south are like they're the best porches. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You, <laughs> gotta, the you gotta if you're you in got, the south you, you gotta, gotta have a porch. Swing, you got Yo, your rocking man. chairs like yep. iced tea on deck. Oh, it's the it's yeah, the best. It's the dream. Yeah, when the outdoor fans. Uh, oh yeah, like yeah. in Charleston. Yeah. No, that is nice. And then Jason Voorhees kind of has oh, a yeah. uh, <laughs> he kind of has a container house here. Right. Friday the Friday Thirteenth Part Two. There. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's oh, kind oh, of that's a container. Wow. That kind of looks like. Yeah, he lives in there. But then you'd been, and I think you might can still continue to be doing this, are making, experimenting, making these modular homes as potential housing for the homeless, correct? Yeah, that was the dream. I mean, uh, everyone wants more affordable housing. Mm. And like homelessness is such a hot button issue in LA, like it's getting so much worse. And um, there's just like a huge supply and demand problem. And I just think it didn't... I don't know, did it make sense? Like, why, why are buildings so expensive? I mean, a lot of it is the codes. A lot of it is just competition. I mean, most of it seems to be at this point, neighbors just not wanting it. That, that's what I found that, um, it actually kind of makes sense that there's a huge difference in the neighborhood between the people who owned their homes and the people who didn't. The people who were renting their homes were like, hey, this is really cool. Right, um, yeah, totally. The people that owned their home were like, oh my God, property values, property values, property right. values. Like, yeah. my... And it makes sense. Like, if, if you were to work, like, a whole career and sink all your money and sign a mortgage, which literally translates to death bond, you were bonded mm. to this house and this lot. And if anything happens in your neighborhood that would risk, like, what is tied up most of your life's work, you would get pretty skittish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so everyone was thinking uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lower property values. That was, that was their concern, mm-hmm. um, which I guess kind of makes sense. But does that mean that housing is always going to have to get more expensive? Yeah, that's yeah, it's that's that is a good point. It's like you tried to make something that was like affordable, that was like sustainable, and you did that, and everybody's worried that it's going to lower <laughs> their yeah. value for because they dumped all this money into their. It sucks house. how complex and complicated living is. <laughs> yeah, like, right? not like life. And there's but like, by the way, living there, like there, there's no alternative. <laughs> like you just have to deal with it. Like, well, there the alternative is is death. No, yeah, no, but well, just I mean, how is, it's such like a funny system. Like landlord means like landed lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be, you know, royalty basically would own this land and you were, either, you're like a tenant, you know, like you're yeah. basically a tenant farmer. And how it used to work is um, you would pay rent just for the land and you would have to build your own house. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, a lot of times you would pay rent with your uh, produce, like the agriculture. Oh, yeah, of course. And, um, and but that led to all these uh, sad stories, though, where like someone's house would burn down. And they still own the rent because they're just renting the land. Yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> it's a pretty one-way deal. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, as, as a tenant, it's not a great deal. Like, you're paying a, a lot. I mean, imagine if you're running a business and someone comes to you and is like, all right, I, here, here's a contract I want you to sign. I want you to pay me, like, half of all the money you make um, and survive. Just do your thing. And... Um, if anything bad happens, I totally have you over a barrel and I can kick you out and I'm not really going to put any work into like fixing up anything. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a pretty one way 
pretty lopsided contract. Yeah, 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 very. Who, it really, really. Do you is. still own the land up at Flat Top? Yeah. And you could probably sell it for a lot more now because that area is getting so popular. Maybe, yeah. So I paid like 15K for it. There's this lot down the st- like down a little bit where the lady wants like 100 grand for it. Wow. Um, so this wasn't a total. But, anyone, but like any serious developer is going to do their diligence and be like, it's impossible to build up here because of the, the modern building codes. What could you build up there? Nothing. That's why nothing's built. So you hmm. just so then like Not, somebody would own the land just to probably prevent. So if you guys like you from uh, so, putting shipping containers. So I go into the city and they were like, "We know this area. You're not the first person to try to develop it. Good right. luck. Like greater men than you have failed." Right. And they were like, "And you're not the first person to try to live in a shipping container. Like you're not gonna." Good luck. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I was like, what? why not? And they're like, you can't live in a shipping container. It's not a home. And they, that's the thing. They just, I think there's an idea of it. it <clears throat> there's something menacing to more traditionally minded people. Yeah, It's exactly. just like, we're not going to have people in Los Angeles just living in shipping containers. Because once one person does it, yeah, now there's everybody's sh- gonna do shipping it containers gonna everywhere. Like, since, yeah. And well, why can't that happen? I know. It's so, it's so annoying. so crazy. No, yeah. but like, yeah, like what I was saying, like, just like housing is like, it's just it's so I mean why not just section out like one area, like one one neighborhood, maybe a little bit outside the city and mm-hmm. just be like, We're gonna relax the building codes a little bit or like we're gonna design the codes for this area to to like placate or to like make it conducive to affordable housing. Yeah. What, what, They're why, like, why don't we like yeah, build we a do, slum? We do have that. Like it's a... called Barstow. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But in like 20 years, that area probably is going to be like a shipping container neighborhood. And so you're just going to be like, well, I was fucking ahead of the curve on this, like way ahead of it. Yeah, but you then guys the, shut the, it the down. project with the homeless, you had, you were going to like stack them, right? And make these like homeless cities or something like that. I'm yeah, getting like. The, eventually uh, I wanted to, I was to stack them, but I mean, I just, I couldn't get anywhere with the, with the code. I was like, all right, right, I'll do the work to like, tell me how I get this up to code. And they were like. It's impossible. Like, it, there's a minimum square footage. Like, you mm-hmm. cannot live in a tiny home. Basically, yeah. you have to build a home of a certain size. And like, your your they were like, your kitchen is too small, and you must have a two car parking garage, and you must uh, pave um, a twenty foot wide street so that the fire truck can get to your home, and you can't have a septic. You have to connect to the city sewer system mm. so oh, yeah. they were like if you want to develop this you basically have to develop the whole hilltop and do like all the and, and basically do a whole neighborhood like pave the whole thing do sewers for the whole thing do electrical and plumbing for the whole thing and i'm like well i want an off-grid home like I, that day when i when i went into the county or uh, into the building department there was like this it was a front page on the paper about how like there's all these sustainability initiatives in the city and i was like pointing to that and they were like you can't live in an off-grid home i'm like i see solar power everywhere and they're like even if you to get solar power, you also you still have to hook up to the grid. Right. And later, I learned that a lot of uh, so, so cities are basically businesses, like, and they raise money, and they raise money through uh, these things called bonds, um, which are basically debt that like an investment banker will raise, much like a public corporation. And most debt, uh, you know, needs to be secured. And what's very common for municipal bonds is they're secured on utility revenue. Mm-hmm. So just like the neighbors getting scared that their property values would go down, the cities are scared that they would lose their utility revenue, which would jeopardize their ability to pay and secure new bond funding. Oh. Seemed like everything was a lot easier before cities and towns. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just, just, yeah, could you just have your covered <laughs> wagon? You'd have there was literally sc- nothing. Scurvy uh, for days. <laughs> like, everyone's just yeah, dying. Right. Yeah, it's easier Wait, time. have you ever tried to do this out in the uh, Joshua Tree? So I bought, so uh, after that, 
well, well anyways, so I had, I had that big party up there, and then after that, right. people were like, you definitely can't. Well, I've, I hired a lawyer and lawyers. Like, I can, you know, stretch this out, but you're, pro you're probably going to have to move it eventually. So that time came, and then it's a container, so I loaded it up onto a truck and got out of Dodge. And now where's the container? Um, so I put it in a storage lot for a while, and then I bought some land that was even cheaper, also at auction, in Apple Valley, San Bernardino County. Okay. So there was another That's auction. Cool. I was. It wasn't at BidForAssets.com. It was something even sketchier. They were God, like, wait, what was that one called? But it was like <laughs> we're we're auctioning off like some power tools, some like pallet racks, and I found the auction because I was looking for like a, a trailer, and then they had some parcels of land in the auction, and I was like, well, I'm just put down a few hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up. I think it was I think it was like two thousand dollars, and I just put down the bid and. Then nobody else bid, so I won and got three acres of land in Apple Valley for like two grand. Dude, Damn, that, that would have sucked crazy. if you were like the, the the clock was just about to hit zero and that guy that you were the same guy he just <laughs> came in right as <laughs> it was. So you're just like, I can't get rid of this fucking guy. This Indiana Jones guy is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so so I drive out to Apple Valley and there's nobody for miles. Oh, it's really? Not even in an incorporated city. Apple Valley. And so I'm like, all right, well, I could definitely do this here. So I moved the container out there, and nobody's complained. So it's there now. It's there now. Do you live out? Do you live out in it? Uh, no. But it's just so. How often do you get out to the Apple Valley spot? Probably once a month or so. Right. Oh yeah. I mean that looks like. Yeah, I mean it's middle of nowhere. Yeah. And nobody's nobody's uh, complaining about permits out there. There's right? nobody. Oh complain. man, because look right. at that look at hilltop house in Apple Valley. Because like that looks awesome. Oh wow, yeah. I kind of want to buy some land out there. It's cheap. Is it yeah. cheap? Yeah. And uh, is there like a little town? Uh, there's, there's, is there an apple bees? <laughs> Everything's just oh, apple. So you can, yeah, you can right. drive into Victorville if you're looking mm. for a good time and go bowling. Okay. Ooh. Uh, there's like a, there's like a cafe in Apple Valley. Right. There's like there's a not, truck stop. There's like a truck stop. Yeah. God, it, lot well, the way the world, especially around Los Angeles works, I feel like Apple Valley, there's going to be like a music festival in like 30 years. It's the fucking going to ruin yeah, everything. Yeah, Apple Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Are there apples? There's zero apples. Right. In Apple Where Valley. does the name come from? Uh, so the, the legend is that it's actually this like landmark, uh, historic like land, land use case where this developer bought a speculatively, like, like in Chinatown, like people in, in L.A., Bought up this land and like because um, they knew that it was going to be irrigated and then got rich. So that it, something right. similar happened in, in Apple Valley where there's a there's a lake like up there's a lake nearby and this developer had the plan to um, irrigate all of Apple Valley with the water from this lake and turn it into apple orchards. Hmm. And then a neighboring developer on the other side of the mountain had a competing plan to use the water from the lake to grow orange groves. And so it was literally this fight between apples and oranges. Wow. Oh, yeah, Go, really? Yeah. It goes to the, to, to the state level because they're like, who owns the, the lake water? And they eventually decided, you know what? Neither of you can have it. Right. We're going to conserve the lake. And then both of them were just sitting with desert land. But he'd already incorporated and named it Apple Valley. Ah, oh, dick oh, to wow. the orange people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a defeat. <laughs> um, so so the, how big is the lake? Uh, it's it's huge. I really, forgot, I, I forgot the name of it. But can it's, you swim it's in big. it? I don't see why not. Wow, wait, I've so never this heard is, of it. This idea of like, I, I never just think about like you can just go buy land for super cheap mm -hmm. all over the place. And like, yeah. I mean, again though, yeah, you have to figure out what you're gonna do with it because you buy the land, you're like, all right, I'm a landowner, I'm a landowner. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is my son, HW. Yeah. I'm uh... <laughs> no, yeah. It probably feels hey, good. Yeah. It, did, and, it does and feel good. You, you got a place for the container out there. Got a place for the container. That feels like the perfect spot <clears> for and it. And property taxes are like have three, you done, three bucks a year. Is this did, Jesus. Can you still have parties and, and barbecues up on the flat top? Not really. They just, well, they're just not into anything you do up there, right? Maybe if I get like a permit from the city, which is probably not going to happen. But like, so you own the land, right? Yeah. But so that's what kind of what it is. I own the land, and like I can't do anything with it. You, can you just go stand on it? Yeah, I guess. Just go so. read the paper in the morning. But yeah. so, so if you just had a chair up there and you just drove up every day and you just sat in this chair on your land, that would probably even aggravate the neighbors. I, I did that for a while. I met right. a lot of people that way. Uh, I mean, by the way, the way I met Justice was sitting out in front of the container. Oh, because he that's lived how up I there. Met, that's how I met you. Right. Yeah, I, I I completely forgot that that was your place. Right, that was a great party. Yeah, Justice, <laughs> Justice, most party. most listeners know Justice by was now. A, was a neighbor, and he was really nice to me. That's right. Yeah. Right. So right. I'm I'm sitting there like watching the sunset, like in a in a camping chair in front of my container with a troll of back of Budweiser. Yeah, and he just like walks up and he's like, "Hey, nice to meet you." <laughs> and we end up like talking for like three hours, and I made lots of friends on that hilltop. Lots. Like my other friend, Michael Finberg, he led me in a Vipassana like wow. a, a few months ago. He would come up there and just talk about like geopolitics and aliens and like Cambodian temples and wow. like, the, the people I met up there. Wait, what's a Vipassana? It's like a meditation. Oh, okay. Does it, it involve ayahuasca or is it just like a no. normal meditation it's, it's thing? Normal meditation. Yeah. There's got to be something that you can put up there. There's like something. Like what about a sculpture? What if you turn it into like a sculpture garden or use it so as all, like a... all the letter of the law was like you placed something on the ground, like if it's a, attached to the ground, that's a big deal. And mm. so I thought a lot about suspending it from a crane or like having some sort of like um, you know electromagnetic levitation system. Wow, because oh, then sick. it's not touching the ground, and I haven't placed any structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, would they argue that like the you know electromagnetic waves is that touching right is is that well yeah i guess jesus just that court case yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> You're my gonna god like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's ex- gonna be yeah, annoying expert witnesses you get into the, the, yeah. the quantum like, field and yeah. it's like yeah well there's mo- there's atoms and molecules yeah and exactly so it's but only touching. only how you perceive it mm-hmm. totally so maybe it's ju- yeah maybe it's just literally like yeah like a beach chair and you just go read the paper or meditate or watch the sunset and it's nice yeah so how often do you get up there and just chill uh, probably every month or so. Yeah. And then what if you have an RV? Uh, so that's a good question. Apparently, yeah. if you're on wheels, um, it's a totally different set of codes and regulations. There we go. So you can just bring an RV up there, park the RV. There is another parcel like somewhere else on the hilltop where a guy does live in an RV. Right. And he's like put a tent outside of it and everything. Mm. It wasn't so di- – it's not a lot different from what I have, but I think right. he's been there for a while and he's like not – that conspicuous like got it you know like my parcel was kind of in like the center of the hilltop and like everybody could see it um but what they did tell me was that you could have a you can have a container or like an adu if you have a home that's already permitted mm. so there is a home up there already and it's like it's really close to it and so they were like if you if you buy that home and like tie the lots together then you could legally put that there but in practice it seems like everything's complaint driven you know, like right. lots of people are complaining in fact that's one reason i think the the building codes are, are like so messy is and unclear so that they can find a way 
to it's it's like the thing where like you you commit a felony every day without knowing it. It's just like the law is just so just so complicated. Right. You know they're gonna find if something. they want to get you. If they want to get if you, they, yeah, so they're gonna figure that's the it thing. Out. If if you're just doing your thing, you can break all kinds of code if you're not pissing people off. Right. As soon as you piss people off, and the city decides that they're pissed off too, they're like, "Oh, buddy, see here on page eighteen thousand, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right here, you you violated code forty eight C section eight. Exactly. <laughs> no shipping containers." <laughs> oh man yeah people that complain they're, they're the worst complainers yeah. like about like stuff like oh noise or this but container you know, I, I got an amazing like six months up there mm-hmm. it was great yeah there's this, yeah. this other lot did you guys ever come to a container ranch uh no a lot in the arts district there's oh like yeah yeah big, i mean i i saw it but i never went there that's where i had the pig roast last year yeah and so after the after the pig roast the barbecue restaurant that was there uh moved out into a retail space and i basically moved in with a newer more improved container home into that same lot and it was behind this like sheet of corrugated tin so you couldn't really see it from mm-hmm. the street and i was there for six months right and, like nobody nobody complained right and then what, what? Well, because this is amazing. Because you had this warehouse downtown in Skid Row, yeah, which was fucking. You go in, there's <laughs> gigantic robots, right? And they look <laughs> like the, something the from, from the, all, they yeah. look like something from Pacific Rim. Uh, and I mean, this has been written about in the LA Times and stuff like that. Because you yeah. had it was it kind of like in Silicon Valley, like you had all these inventors like in space it, working on things there. It was that one of those deals where like if their project took off, you would get a cut of it because you hosted the project. Uh, kind of. Right. So I experimented so, with a few different deals. Basically, I, I just saw all these brilliant inventors and entrepreneurs, people mm-hmm. in LA, um, and I just saw like a lot of startups going the direction of making, you know, more like scientific products. Mm-hmm. For a while, kind of the trend in startups and entrepreneurship was making something for the web, um, you know, like Web 2.0 or apps or um, like consumer internet or, or software or, or SaaS or enterprise or all this. And then things started shifting as I kind of hoped they would, and people are making more like material science, like chemistry, like life science, like healthcare, like, um, you know, all, all these industries that existed, but it seemed to be um, a lot, it's easier to get in as, as a startup now. And that's what I really liked and wanted to encourage, but, you know, unlike a, like a software play where you can work from like a, a Starbucks or a WeWork, there wasn't really a good provider of like lab space and facility mm-hmm. space for these types of companies. It's and like so an incubator, figured, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. It's like an, like an incubator, so, so I, started, I started that. Um, it's called Mothership. And we had about 12 companies working out of there, um, different people in like uh, healthcare, pharma, material science, um, you know, like fabrication, robotics. And it, it was an amazing community. Injustice. And that refrigerator was stocked with uh, well, soil. It, 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 it was one of my favorite places to, to hang out. It was cool. a great community. There were people you, there 24-7. You'd go, and, and they had um, you had uh, all these computer chair, desk chairs on wheels, which was the most genius idea ever, because everyone would just like get in a chair, and you could just wheel over to where people were hanging out. And, like There'd just <laughs> right. be a circle of people. And it was just a great place to hang out, cool. because... Like there was people creating and there was like bubbles coming up from beakers and like people doing like science experiments. And then you'd also just be over here like having cocktails and like, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, learned, <laughs> yeah. Just I'm glad I was out, able to get over that. Listening to music and, and yeah, Justice Painting. Yep. I mean, it was an amazing thing. And then um, uh, are you looking for a new space now? Yeah, I'm looking for a new space. Uh, so that space, I mean, it was definitely a learning experience. I learned a lot about like construction and incubation and startups and mm-hmm. investing. So what it I, probably has the same challenges as building <clears throat> a, a house, right? You have codes and <laughs> well, well, yeah, but you're also, you're building a community, you're, right. you're building, um, 
you know, and a lot of, of what I was doing there was trying to seek, you know, s- startups to invest in and just mm-hmm. like learning to be an investor and like professionalize um, in, in terms of that and learn about the needs of a founder. Because, you know, I'd been in through it, you know, a couple of times, but never, uh, you know, never from the other side of the table, really. And right. And never looking at like so many different founders with so many different traits with so many of their of their own problems it was a, it was a really good learning experience mm-hmm. for me so basically out of there um had it about two years um and essentially everyone reached the next phase like all the companies that worked out of there you know they had their like small office space or like uh, and a small lab space and then they you know developed their product um, and a lot of people were coming there looking for lab space that we turned away because we didn't think that it was that great of an idea or they wouldn't be able to execute or something um but uh it was, it was about 12, maybe 13 companies. And, you know, through the time being there, they all they all raise money, they, they all ship their product. And then for me, I see my next phase as, as, you know, professionalizing more as being an investor and finding out, you know, where to find these founders and where to find these companies and how best I can I can help them um, and, like, the mechanics of, of raising a fund myself. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting place. It was awesome. I've never oh, yeah. like, seen anything cool like The place. first person I met there, I think he was like developing a serum to become superheroes. <laughs> uh, I forget what his name was, but I was Justice? Like, no, it was someone else. And then he went away. He's like, I just got this new, he was very like, kind of like stiff. And like, he was like, I, I just got this new lab coat. And he's like, I'm going to go try it on. And he came back. He looked like a- He might have been shirt. a robot. He looked like a, like a Jesuit priest with, the, with this lab coat he was wearing. I forget what his name was. Probably Walt. Yeah, Walt. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy's- He's, the man. he's a smart, smart guy. Smart. Guys. I enjoyed listening to him talk. Mm-hmm. So now these guys all kind of got orphaned now with the warehouse going away. And now are they all anxiously awaiting the new facility, or do they find other spots? No, I mean that's the great thing about it is that everyone kind of you, you know grew up and like hired teams and raised money and now mm. and got their own space. Right. But yeah. I, I definitely think that was was missing from like a from like a really basic proof of concept or like a like a really early days of, of your company. If, if you're working on like what they call like hard tech or, or deep tech, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't really do it at university. There's no like we work for it. You can't do it from a coffee shop. You can't do it from home. Um, and I mean, once you get off the ground a little bit and raise some money, you can like lease a lab space, you can lease some, uh, some, some like uh, fabrication space or shop space or whatever, but for, the, for that like really early stage stuff. And, um, and it wasn't just the, the real estate, you know, providing that community, that network of entrepreneurs, totally. having investors come through all the time, helping them out with like their legal and their fundraising story and their IP and, and all that. Um, so that's kind of what I got out of it is that I learned how to, how to be that uh, facilitator, be that executor. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and I imagine like when your like lab sta- space has to be tricky because if there's a guy who has a space and he's renting it out and he's like not used to scientists coming in, it's just got to be like, are these, are these guys meth? <laughs> like, I see a bunch of kids coming in with like science equipment. It's like, oh, these guys are making drugs. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> you got to watch. I had to watch out for that. I'm like, well, yeah. are you dealing with viruses? Are you dealing with radioactive materials? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of companies are. And, you know, that that's fine. You just need to know about it and you need to know which ones are okay and which are not and how to dispose of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but fundamentally, like building these lab spaces, it's not very different from building a kitchen. Right. 
Yeah, totally. Wait, and then the home, the shipping containers for homeless people that didn't like take off because of the. I mean, we have a horrible homeless problem in LA. You think that <laughs> Did would not solve it overnight? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you had the, uh, the 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 orange orchard guy was basically a tent. <laughs> the tent made, uh, <laughs> Coleman's camping uh, equipment was trying to put you out of business because that like. He, they're selling. They have so many tents here that the homeless people are living in. Like I imagine, it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. How is the homeless? Because you said your apartment's at Echo Park. Mm-hmm. Is that was the homeless at Echo Park? Mm, I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. But it's hard to tell they're, if they're, they're homeless there. or they're like in an indie <laughs> band. <and> just <laughs> yeah, like, that's just their style. God, it's well, just why good. not? I mean, a lot of these things at the end of the day are, are a matter of taste. Like you, yeah. as a neighbor who doesn't want what it, what if someone live, wants to live in an RV? What if someone wants to live in a shipping container? What if someone uh, wants to live in, in a tent? I, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these people unfortunately like don't have much of a choice. But mm-hmm. why? I don't know why people decided that certain styles of architecture are okay in their neighborhood and, and others are not. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, again, we could just keep going down the list. Like, if you just brought a boat up there. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That'd be sick. That'd be awesome. I mean, yeah, like, like a sea ray. Well, you <laughs> yeah, could have yeah. just kept battling this, and then this is where yeah, the, totally. you're just going to get murdered. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, you, if you just brought a boat up up there, and, like, yeah, you figured out a way. They're like, no, well, if you are living in a boat, it has to be in water. So then you just have a huge water tank and then <laughs> put the boat, or you have the boat just hanging from a crane. I mean, you could have been... You could have had a lot of fun just challenging. Probably could have made a cool documentary, like doing like the extreme version of challenging the LA building department. It's just something new. And then talk about, talk about that next door app. (laughs) That would be great. Now it's a boat today. Uh, Now he's in the water. He's just in in the water, water. floating in the water. It's like a uh, David Blaine uh, (laughs) magic thing. It robs living in a chunk of ice. (laughs) (laughs) Strange things happen. I mean, that, that developer I was, developer I was talking about earlier, he has like, (laughs) he has sued the city before and won. Right. Wow! Yeah, Wait, who, like, who has this guy? This guy Yuval, he's this developer. Like he he gets his way with the city a lot. Like after he has some pool and he gets some lawyers and some lobbyists and some land use attorneys and um, like he's disagreed with his decision by the city and like sued and, and won. Like some of these things are not set in stone. And like these these are people too. Like the people that are running the city, they're trying to make everybody happy, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you know, a lot, a lot of these these things change. Well, like did you read about the edge from you too? <laughs> no, what did he do? To- he. Um, it's he he has this land. Did up he change his name from the edge yeah. to something less dumb? Well, in the in the <laughs> article, it does call him Dave Evans and like Mr. Evans because he's trying to build this fifty million dollar uh, home on this ridge that he bought in Malibu, and it's basically just this like wisp of I think it's called like whispering winds, and it basically goes all along the ridge, and it looks like yeah. sails going all around, and the the uh, building department was just like. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's been he's been yeah. like they, they pulled out that two thousand not the creative no type. Uh, no Irish rock guitarists are allowed to <laughs> he, he, he couldn't he couldn't flip tickets to U two's next tour yeah totally give him one of sign one of autograph one of his beanies <laughs> but um so he was trying to build a house on the edge yeah of, of the, <laughs> yeah he was it's on the edge of this ridge and I guess it's all kinds of environmental issues and all this stuff but I mean, he's been battling it. for fifteen years because so he bought this property for whatever 15 million dollars and now he's just kind of like sitting on it and like i can't imagine after he's not able to build there like he's gonna have an easy time unloading that property yeah 
Mm. Sure, that's why you, you stop giving your albums away on iTunes, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, well, yeah. There's been all these just amazing proposals for. There's this, one of my favorite books called Never Built Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and it's all these, you, you know, like schemes for these incredibly ambitious architectural projects in LA that didn't get built. Mm-hmm. Was, a lot of times it's because of like environmental or building codes, or sometimes the financing dries up, but. You know, you, you see a lot of the forces against this stuff. Like mm-hmm. one of the, one thing that keeps coming up in this book is the California Coastal Commission. Wow, so there's a group, the California Coastal Commission, that basically just wants nothing at all to happen on the coast, like ever. Like all the piers get grandfathered in. And right. People wanted to build like underwater hotels and these just like oh, really am, am, ambitious um, like theme theme parks and all these really cool uh, developments like right off the coast. But the Coastal Commission is just like, nope, can't do anything. Yeah, right. you know where you could probably do that, though, is Dubai. It's like, let's take <laughs> yeah. this to Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> you could do it there, the, probably. The, the, the coastal sheiks are a little bit more lax with the... Uh, you just slip them a couple <laughs> barrels of oil. And yeah, no, uh, it, all, it all goes away. Yeah, like uh, J- uh, Jason Clark in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, you just give them a Lambo. And <laughs> not, uh, that makes it... You but just, they, oh, you want a boat? All right. People yeah. should know that that's just not going to fly on the California coast. Because it's all about the beaches and the fucking, like you said, the uh, the piers, the boardwalks. Like, that's... I don't even know why people would well, bother. Well, and you know those coastal commissioners are all surfer guys. And they're just like, <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they, nah, they don't, dude, they don't want that. They don't happen. want that stuff on the coast of California. I don't, I don't think. I don't, there's a lot of there's a lot of land. There I mean, is, yeah. Not? I think an underwater hotel would be pretty cool. It would be yeah. very cool, yeah. It would, that would be sick. It would be sick. <laughs> yeah, Made out of shipping containers. Oh, and now yeah, we're talking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're speaking. Now I just, yeah, <laughs> Rob just really perked up at yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, or just, what if you just got your shipping container and just brought it out into the ocean and just, like, anchored it and lived uh, under underwater there? No one could complain. Totally. <laughs> you got to... Yeah, you just you have to deal with the, the dolphins. <laughs> they have a hole. Wait, oh my God! What if you had buried the shipping container and there was Ooh, a hatch, like in Lost, and like a cool. submarine that gets you to the surface? Well, I'm talking about your land up at uh, at oh, underground. Uh, yeah, so if yeah, you if you put it, about that. you had wow. a hatch and you go down into the ground and you live in a bunker up there. Yeah, that'd be really that'd cool. be fucking sick. Wonder what the wonder what that's. And it's like, well, on on page 1100. uh, (laughs) Have you you heard of the the Federation of Domenher in in Italy? It's this like religious sect that did that basically. They built like their like religious utopia into a a mountain Mm -hmm. in Italy and did it like really under the radar. And yeah, it's like nondescript interest and it opens up into these just like glittering, just like fantastic, you know, caverns Mm. with like all, you know, like religious art and and housing and and like common areas and, and they all live here. And then the, the local government found out about it, and they're like, "You have to let us inside to like make sure things are up to code." And they're like, "No, like, yeah, we're nah. a religion. Like we have, we have protections." And uh, it just like yeah, okay. was this landmark case, and they like argued about it for for years. And then eventually, the, the Italian government were like, "Listen, we are the government. If you don't let us in, we are going to bomb that mountain." Oh, Jesus. Wow, Italy. I don't know. Italy handed in them. Italy, Does Italy even have bombs? But they, do they even have a military? They had their own currency. Oh, Jesus. It was like wow. this whole like, self-reliant society. Maybe you should mountain, start a religion. Because would that alleviate some of the problems? I think it would cause more problems. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, 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 the underground, the having the hatch. But yeah, your, your neighbors are going to see you going up there with any, uh, like a truck with a drill. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, 
fuck. And then also yeah, see you go up there and then just disappear into the crowd. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, later, guys. I'm going down. But if you, yeah, you you go up there like on a um, a jet pack. And, or yeah, if you just had a jet pack and you just like hovered over the land. <laughs> That's like, great. I've flown a jet pack before. Oh, that must be fun. It was awesome. Yeah, I bet. So jet, yeah, jet packs are, who uses jet packs? Does the military? No, unfortunately, uh, mostly just for fun. And yeah, recreation. Yeah, yeah. this company, Gravity. I started guy, Richard Browning. I, I got to fly his jetpack. It was pretty cool. Whoa. Did you, were it, you in the, the one that starts on the water or was it no, on land? No, it was on land. So oh, it was okay. an actual jetpack and you're, I mean, God, you don't How want, high, how high do you go? Just a few feet. Like, oh, okay. So you're a science-minded guy. Uh, we Sometimes we'll d- delve into some conspiracy issues on the podcast, but I was watching this one. We were talking about um, Gaia at um, at the party, that uh, website that hosts all the yeah. crazy like New Age videos and stuff. Yeah. So I was watching one last night about – there was they were interviewing this woman who wrote a book about 9-11. It called, it's called Where Did the Towers Go? And basically Jeez. it shows videos about how the towers just basically evaporated and that they think that it was actually – that they – her theory is that they it was obviously an inside job and that they used some kind of new uh, weapon that um, actually I think even Nikolai Tesla had said if this ever technology was ever used for um, for military use, it would be devasta- devastating. Mm-hmm. And it was actually like using, I'm going to use all the wrong science <laughs> technology, but like, like use like electrons to like just dissolve the buildings. Probably something like directed energy weapons. Yeah, directed energy weapons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. But had you ever, as a science-minded person uh, and somebody who's a lot brighter than I am, uh, (laughs) had had you ever watched the towers go down and been like, this is really strange. Like, that would never... Like, they just evaporated. There's no... If you think about it, the towers are mostly empty space. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you, there we go. There yeah. it is. Nice yeah. counter. Yeah. Nice. See, that, this, <laughs> that this was guy, great. This guy that was interviewing her was not a uh, was not a scientist. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I mean you well, build a skyscraper, you you maximize like the rentable square foot. Right. Like, most of it's empty and like. So yeah. yeah. So was it a uh, was it a chemical? No, it's like what would direct what so is direct there, there's actually weapons. a company I think is really cool uh, working on this. Uh, fortunately for civilian Enron applications. Yeah, I mean, in 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 like a, a combat scenario, it would be pretty horrible. But it never became that practical because combat scenarios are are so uh, you know uncontrolled. Right, like you never really know your environment. Um, so one manifestation of this technology is, is called a laser induced plasma channels. Uh-huh. So plasma is this four state of matter um, has all sorts of interesting properties. Very fertile area of of research, um, but it contains a lot of energy, and you could basically you know, use that to essentially vaporize something. Right. Um, but the, uh, where the laser comes in is that the uh, laser will um, essentially ionize the air such that the plasma, you can control the plasma's path mm-hmm. through it. So and do you so think that's possible that that was used in, the, uh, in 9-11? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that she was saying is that there was something like 1,200 people who jumped out of the towers. It wasn't just like three or four. It was like 1,200 people. Oh, I'm sure. And that they, the firemen had reported that they were just like, when their bodies hit the ground, they were like, it wasn't like when somebody commits suicide and they're, it's like contorted or like it's just, but it was like, like that they, are, they had already had this kind of like uh, chemical or they were already starting to like vaporize as they went. They were coming down. Well, does it have anything to do with the fact that they jumped from like 480? Yeah. And that's a long jump. Yeah. And then, and then your body's mostly water. 
Yeah, well, there, there you go. But I wonder yeah. if this was maybe something the terrorists had on the plane with them. Uh, no, or if, if, if the building was rigged because it had been planned. Right, yeah. mm. You have to go by a conspiracy theory. Yeah, but, right. So I, I was just interested because, like, I looked at some of the some video of, of parts of it uh, going down, and, like, it literally just, like, this one pillar or part of the building, it just seems to, like, it just turns to dust and just evaporates. And uh, if it, that when you were ever watching footage, you were just like, oh, that's definitely a direct energy weapon. Uh, I'll have to look at the footage. Yeah, take a look I'm, at it. <laughs> I look stopped at it. looking we'll, at nine we'll eleven footage because. Uh, oh no, you got to you got to get back in there because since like loose changes come out, there's uh, a lot. Oh, more, I'm there's sure. a lot more loose change. I'm sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I used to be all about it. Now when I see yeah. video, I'm just like, I don't want to fucking watch this. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's like yeah, the, in, literally in, the, in terms of guy, I'm 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 much more on the on the alien train. Oh yeah, 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 yeah I'd rather yeah, watch the aliens too. Ancient astronaut stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, so you got into Gaia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what, dude? <laughs> I, I don't even, I can't even, like, net, I have to cancel. I'm thinking about canceling my Netflix and Showtime, all these other uh, subscriptions. I don't have any of those, because, like, Dude, Gaia, in, I'm, like, uh, like five, six hours deep and just, like. <laughs> G-A-I-A? G-A-I-A. Okay. I mean, it's insane. Anything that's, like, that's just absolutely bonkers, like, th- thing is on there. They'll buy it. Did you watch the, <laughs> did you watch the Bob Lazar thing? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yep. Oh, he's got a he's good. got a documentary on Netflix. He's the alien guy. Yeah, yeah, right. I've been meaning he to watch that. Such a great story. He kind of I think he was like the first one to like do the Area Fifty One story. Right. He mm-hmm. put like Area Fifty One on the map. Yeah. No, he he's like the the OG. How's their, how's their Bigfoot catalog? It, it, it's on there. Yeah, it's okay. good. I, I'm really into the channelers. The these like, like people the mediums. Who, yeah, the ones who get information from like uh, alien beings from the future. Oh, that's great. Yeah, dude. That's cool. Well, if you if you just look up channeling, I mean, there's it's it's fucking it, for days. And it's, strangely enough, like it's, sometimes you can sniff out the ones that are definitely like just it is. And sometimes I'm like. Man, that's pretty like pretty well thought out, and they don't miss a beat. Like, what about paranormal? Who, like, like oh, ghosts? Yeah, yeah, it's all. It's oh, all that's on cool. There. Yeah, it's all on there. Literally, you want to you want to literally uh, see how quickly a day goes by. Just sit and watch ghost videos on YouTube, <laughs> and that day is over. Dinner time has never come so quickly. Yeah, I did that like a month ago. I was like, where the? It's like already eight o'clock. No, you can tear through fucking ghost videos. Guy, guy, really the into the, the two thousand four Nimitz uh-huh. report. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about that is like they, it was right after they upgraded the radar. So they added um, IR, infrared detection to the radar system. And mm. like overnight, apparently, they started seeing all these things they didn't see before. What interesting. What, what, uh, what one is that? That's the 2004 Nimitz incident. That was the most famous one. It what was are one Nimitz? Like, Nimitz was the name of the aircraft carrier. Um, so that, this, this is in the New York Times. It, w- it was probably like the most high profile video. And you see the video where like a thing looks like a top and then has like this like distorted field around it and it's captured on the on the plane's camera. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, that was recently, right? So it happened in two thousand four and they declassified it. And they just started it. talking about and that's it. That's interesting. Why do, why would they declassify it? Hmm. And like w- what else is like waiting to be yeah, declassified? Yeah. No, I mean that they're the the Gaia videos. There's a lot of um, videos of like the files with all this, the words blacked out. Well, no, I, th- I think that, <laughs> it's like yeah. the more like, the world changes and the, the quicker the internet is and the more information we have. I feel like the government's just gonna like wave the white flag. Like we can't keep it a secret. Anymore. Well, I mean, There's look, no way look to, at, uh, like, are they really adept enough to keep something that big? <clears> like to keep the lid on it? I know. I just, last week was the first time I've, no, I've never seen a U.S. president actually address the fact that they've. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, that he's been briefed on UFOs. That was the first time I've ever seen that with Donald Trump. And that the uh, Congress was uh, fully admitted that they were uh, regularly briefed on UFOs. I just don't know. I don't know how you remain elusive about anything in this day and age. Whether it's aliens or like a cool bar you have. Yeah. Also, my philosophy is when aliens decide they want to be known, it's not going to be the Pentagon that's going to (laughs) be the the, uh, guardian of the threshold. Like, they're going to be like, guys, all right, don't worry about it. If you're the aliens, I don't don't think you can just come out like fanfare and just be like, hey, what's up? (laughs) We've been here all along. Like, yeah. people would freak out. I think no, you've, you've got to, like, slow play it a little bit. Yeah. You've got to, like, get the conspiracy going, and then a few people believe you, and then, like, it goes a little more mainstream, and only then you, like, really gently And that's actually what the people scene. are saying is happening currently is that um, that Phoenix Lights. Do you remember that thing, those, those oh, lights? Yeah. And There's always something in Phoenix. But you like hear the... Aliens love Phoenix. Was, they love the I desert. I was watching a Gaia, a Gaia video, and th- this woman was channeling this alien thing. It was like, that was just to war- start to warm people up to this idea. Idea. And it's going to take like a decade or so to that people can it, that the idea of seeing a UFO isn't like oh my god and we're all going to die <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's like it's like okay cool like we're kind of been warmed up to this and it's not that scary and, mm, you yeah. know. But yeah, aliens, they're just like, oh, we love Phoenix. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Playing yeah. golf over in Scottsdale. Yeah. It's always above Arizona. Or, oh, we yeah. love the desert. Yeah. yeah. It was, I was golfing with QF47 the other day, and his <laughs> handicap is really out of this world. I'm telling you, you can, you got to stop moving the ball with your mind. All right, no tele, no uh, telekinesis <laughs> on the golf course, buddy. You know, aliens were they were uh, they were ahead of like the desert craze before like hipsters and influencers got to hit their high fucking Yo, thirty yeah, mitts yeah. on it. Yeah, aliens well, well, I, like the think, I think there's well, like aliens and Native Americans because they were always in cahoots. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're best. I think there's yeah. like different yeah. like races of them, and they're like oh, yeah. different levels of advancement. Totally. I, I think the ones that get caught, they like look like idiots to the more advanced aliens. Yeah. Guys, like, come on! Yeah. No, you're gonna ruin this. You got for spotted us. by the aircraft yeah, right. carrier. Like, come on! Like, yeah. we're like totally Dumbass. just like, li- living <laughs> in like the new sphere. Our floating consciousnesses, and you guys still need like physical craft. Like, mm-hmm. Don't get caught. And then yeah. Now I wonder if they like send him off like a couple galaxies away. Just yeah. like you're gonna yeah. do some time in Nebula. Well, totally. It's like you're an interdimensional being. Inner. Dimensional. What the yeah. fuck are you doing in their density? <laughs> How do you not know this? How do you not know this? What are you doing? Like, where would you graduate yeah. from? What school did you go to? <laughs> Fucking like, oh, idiot! Oh crap! They have IR now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, Gaia. Just it's it's the best like eight ninety nine a month you can spend. And by the way, oh, a lot of the videos that you can watch, some of them are from like the eighties. So they're like <laughs> they're VHS like put onto a oh, thing. Nice. Like, oh, so there's like tracking. Yeah, you got yeah, someone yeah. like it fixes just, it. It's wow. like the grassy knoll at the. Oh, is there Kennedy stuff on there? There's anything that's weird is on there because I think the best stuff is Alien and Kennedy's. Alien and Kennedy. That's good stuff right there. It's a great mix. Yeah, it's all. Sprinkle some Bigfoot in. You can also like get a yoga class, especially when you try to relate them. You know, like Bigfoot's obviously an alien. Yeah, Kennedy got assassinated by Bigfoot. By Bigfoot. Yeah. They finally like they get like the the high tech like cleaning up of the Zabruder tape, and when they go over on the grass, you know, you just see like a big a yeti. Well, actually, it actually wasn't a rock. It wasn't even a bullet. It was a 
a really quickly moving Bigfoot that just kicked his head <laughs> yeah. and then just got off. Like you just, it, that's how quick they are. Yeah. Totally. God, I would love if they found Bigfoot, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast. <laughs> that would be such a great thing. It'd be hilarious. Right. Yeah. And of course, we would cage it and fucking treat it like shit and then turn it into an like, exhibit you go see. Yeah, give it to Rob to go put up at his property on <laughs> yeah, really. Just have a Bigfoot cage All up the neighbors there. would love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not, you know there's not going to be anything in the uh, L.A. building code. Nothing in the code against <laughs> it. Yeah. No. Hey, I, it's, a, it's a Bigfoot cage. You, I'll tell you what. We'll sit down here and go through all 2,000 pages. <laughs> yeah, it's you like, find wait. one, I'll take it out of here. No, I think I that section, it. now it's not in there. Yeah. No, it's not in there. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, nice. How much time we got left? I got about two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, so what did you do today? By the way, I've, I've been admiring your... Uh, those look like they're like shop glasses, but you're wearing them kind of as a fashion accessory. Oh, uh, they are shop glasses, so I drive a Jeep oh, with no windshield. Oh, of course. this uh, keeps the wind out of my eyes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. What I do today. So the, the past couple of days, I've been I'm getting really into dark matter simulations. Okay. So there's all this open source code. One of them is called Gadget, and you can basically plug in like the uh, initial parameters of a universe Mm -hmm. and like let it spin and it'll simulate the dark matter of an entire universe. Whoa. And you can visualize it and like watch all this like massive dark matter halos coalesce. It's beautiful. That's way more than I did today. Yeah. I I just walked my dog in red. And there's this uh, companion project to it. So what, but that, you know, you end up with like a universe, mm-hmm. right? But there's this other like companion project to it I really like called Clues. And uh, what Clues does is like try to tune the simulation to resemble the local universe that we have. So to have like a kind of feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. You simulate it and then, you know, at, you know, year 14 billion, you can be like, oh, there's the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of lets you know if, if you have some of these like cosmological parameters, hmm. right? And then um, people are using it to study like, Dark matter, whether like dark matter is like, there's this big debate, like is dark matter like cold or is it hot or mm-hmm. is it warm, which is somewhere in between. And just, I mean, that still gets me like the vast majority of, of the matter, of the mass in our universe is, is just completely not understood. Like we just, we don't oh, know. Oh yeah, we, we don't know. We don't know anything. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because we do, but we don't. We don't like, and even the things we know, even the things that we know are are constructs. They're of our own sort of construct. Like God's just like these fucking guys down there. E equal. Ready for this one? E equals mc squared. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, where do you see a picture of this guy? This fucking guy. His hair. But but, but, I mean, progress is made. Like, yeah, I I like the the Bob Lazar. You know, back. You know, decades ago, he was like, oh, we're using element 115 and like mm-hmm. gravitational waves. And like since then, we have synthesized element 115 and we've discovered gravitational waves are real. Yeah. I mean, I, I still don't think he was like disassembling alien spacecraft, but like this this idea that, you know, Sorry. I think we're on the verge of some incredibly exciting technologies. Yeah. I think we're on the verge. Of, I think uh, we're on the, these are an exciting times across the board, but it um, really is. One thing I was also going to say, like some of the stuff on that I watch on Guy, and actually some of the books that I've been reading lately, they're so far out, um, and like like people under deep hypnosis being able to like, you know, talk about um, how you you can like come and back and reincarnate as like a bug or a, a plant even, and I got to say some of the most outrageous sort of. The theories that I read that I know are probably bullshit. They 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 get you thinking in a different way, you know. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's gonna like land you in an insane asylum. Probably, <laughs> but like I don't know. And it's the same thing. It's just like like think way outside the further outside the box, the better. Yeah, I mean, what if there's all even a simulation? 
Yeah, well, that, well I, like, how do you break through? I actually think that that's possible that it might be a simulation, but it's not a computer program as much as it's just a program that we are a part of as what our life is. is I think that. Yeah. More so than we're controlled by the, something. The, the, there's like a I don't know yeah, I don't think computer there's this big program. mainframe, but like could yeah. you see yeah. consciousness as like a type of totally. Yeah, sure. Like yeah. Kind of computing the universe around us. Uh-huh. Not yeah. so it's not like the universe created consciousness. It's like consciousness creates Cre- the universe. Totally. Yep. There's and it's 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 evolving as 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 it, there's no master plan. It's like, oh, you know, like there's a lot of theories that like Earth is still an experiment, like the, an experimental planet that they've they've tried to do yeah, new things on that haven't worked and they're trying to correct them and trying to make them work and like it's it's a it's a it's a work in progress just like any one of your exper- experiments. Yeah, you never know to your yeah. experiment. And so when it doesn't work, they're just like throw another asteroid down there. <laughs> no, that's, oh, that, there's some there's some like if you get it, you go deep into Guy and you get into like Atlantis and Lemuria. They were uh, they were misusing their uh, telekinetic abilities to like hmm. make uh, uh, animals with human features and do fights. And God was like. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> You're done, buddy. You guys, you guys <laughs> fucked it all up. Right. Um, but that, yeah, that it, it is all a work. The whole universe is a work in progress. It's not this thing mm-hmm. that's like, oh, this is what it is and this is what you're a part of. Whatever it is that is running the operation, it's still a creation that's continually being created all yeah, the time right. that we're yeah. also creating in our own little uh, way. So, yeah. Anyways, well, we'll give some Instagram shout outs <laughs> on that note. Hey, uh, yeah. hey, shout out Encino, Maine. Hey, shout out. Good shout out. And also shout out to the movie Encino Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, hey, shout out uh, Reagan Hates Insta. Hey, shout out. Shout out. Uh, hey, shout out Louis Rocco DDS. Shout out. Good follower. Loyal follower. Yeah. Uh, he's a real, real loyal. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good boy. Shout out Kelly A. Warren. Hey, another, shout out. another good follower. Uh, hey, shout out new follower, False Face. Hey, shout out. Really cool, like, art, sculptures, and masks. This guy's got a cool, or a girl, got a cool page. Shout out Streethawk66, one of Bill Shag's Oh, friends. yeah, shout out. Steven. And shout out Miesville Pack. Hey, big, big <laughs> shout out. <laughs> one of the biggest. Yeah. And to Margo. Nice. Uh, shout out to Margo. Thanks for supporting the page, guys. Yeah, well, Rob, thanks for coming by. Yeah, man. We, Jeez, we got to do this again, because this is sure. fucking, this what is a fun. treat. Fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's unfortunately, we didn't get to talk much Friday the 13th, but yeah, we'll, okay. get that, we'll, we'll get that next time. Yeah. So definitely Looks go like out, it's coming um, on again. Grab yourself a, uh, a, a few Soylents yeah. and uh, cheers this toast to this episode. And they're, every, they're everywhere. Every grocery store. A lot. For yeah, the most part. Yeah. Are they in Are, like bodegas yet? In New York. Yeah. You oh, can go awesome. get a Soylent. But they're like That's Whole Foods, Ralph. They get in the bodegas like a, this whole. Speaking of like sketchy characters, oh my like God, this, I'm like sure. just the, the distributors. Well, oh, I'm man. thinking about like oh, New York um, City like bodegas, the small or like the small like local d- distributors. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'm thinking like Rasta Monster in, <laughs> oh, uh, in yeah, How to right. Make It yeah, in America. Totally. Like you've got to. I mean, those bodegas are. I mean, no. Wait, do you drink Soylent? Are you like John Candy in the Great Outdoors when he has to finish that steak? You're just like get that shit away. No, from I me. love it. You yeah, do? okay, yeah. I love Soylent. I still fast. Um, so sometimes I'll only drink Soylent for a week. Sometimes I'll just eat no food for a week. Actually, mm-hmm. I haven't eaten in the past three days. Really? So yeah, every like the beginning of every month, I try to do a few days. I think it's really good for you. Interesting. Oh yeah, you it's go. good. Well, I mean, you do a lot of juice and smoothies. Yeah, I mean, I eat super light during the day. I mean, my lunch is almonds. Yeah. That's all mm-hmm. I eat for lunch. Like 30, 40 almonds. But um, kind of like it. Yeah, Soylent, Soylent cleanse. And yeah, you you get you feel uh, you feel good. Shout out to Soylent. Yeah, that should yeah. be the Try new it. slogan. <laughs> <laughs> you feel no, good. it's fucking awesome. Like, it's, it's very impressive and nicely done. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, thank you. Good stuff, right. Rob Reinhardt. Yeah. Thanks for coming Thanks for by. Coming on. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to uh, new adventures. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Have a good Fourth of July. Yeah. yeah.